This is, this is the In The Black Podcast. Like, early on a Sunday morning, when I am trying to praise the Lord, he sends me these horrible messages. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> just, and I'm like, yo, it's it's 8 o'clock, my guy. You can be crazy. Yeah, like, yeah, hey, bro, I just want to let you know, uh, so-and-so got married or she got engaged, man, so you can close the chapter. I was like, yo, what? what? What did I do to deserve this type of treatment first thing on a Sunday morning? I'm trying to behave myself. Why are you doing this to me? Like, like what's going on? I'm just chilling. Like, I... Oh, uh, shit. Well, check this out, man. Earlier this week, this sat today, Sunday, Saturday, yesterday. What's up? What's up? Man, we talk about how Trump has fucked up a lot of things in America and the community all across the board. And anyone who knows me, who knows this show, knows that O is a sneakerhead. Guess who showed up to SneakerCon Philadelphia? I heard about this. I could not believe it. Who showed up to SneakerCon Philadelphia there, O? Donald Trump showed up to SneakerCon Philadelphia. Why? Trump was out promoting sneakers today, just one day after a judge ordered him to pay nearly $355 million for lying about the value of his real estate portfolio. He is also barred now from doing business in New York for the next three years. That's the real deal. Former President Donald Trump at a traveling sneaker show event, SneakerCon, in Philadelphia Saturday, unveiling his never-surrender high tops. Judge Arthur Ngoran ordered Trump to pay more than $354 million. The former president was also banned from running a business or applying for loans in New York for three years. His sons, Don Jr. and Eric, were each fined $4 million and banned for two years. New York's Attorney General brought forward the civil law suit under a state law that allows her to prosecute fraud in business deals. I don't know. He was selling his Donald Trump ones. What? And guess, can we talk what? about the sales? Can we talk about the sales? We don't want to talk about the sales, do we? I, I do not know. Listen, I'll say this. What? I do not know how much he sold, but I do know that he the sold. price of these, at least right, from what I've seen, $399 for Donald Trump won. Who wait by yeah, who? They, they, by, wait by uh, who? No, he's no collaboration. He went to China and did some shit. I don't oh my, know. Like oh I, you, it's not like he collaborated with Nike and did something. So, oh my god! But three hundred and ninety nine dollars. Now, I know folks that spend more than that on sneakers, on a pair of sneakers. Absolutely. But there are sneakers. We're not. These in the same are sneakers. circles. <laughs> I mean, I, oh, I, yes. Matter of fact, yes, we are. Yes, we are. I'm sorry. Oh, you don't know. How <laughs> <my> bad. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, so I, folks are paid three hundred ninety nine dollars okay. for some right. sneakers. But these right. are sneakers that you know that people have been chasing these sneakers for a long time. These have like historical meaning. They have all of these elements to it that make at least publicly in the sneaker community, we've yeah. all collectively right. come together and said these sneakers are That's worth that. this yeah. amount of money. Right. Donald Trump said, "No, out the gate, I'm selling these bad boys for three ninety nine. And I three ninety nine. Guess, guess how much the first pair went for? Because he signed them, though he signed them, and they had a an auction at SneakerCon for these pair that he brought on stage. Guess how all much right. they ran for? How much? The final bid, the person that won it, a signed pair of these sneakers, ten grand. Ten grand." For an autographed pair of this dude's sneaker. 
I don't even know what to say. Y'all better leave. Y'all better leave y'all future president alone. Mike, I don't even know what to say, bro. You know, you know, I've accepted the fact that already, like a while ago, that you know, you guys are I say you guys, I'm talking about the more you know, the morons from 2021. Y'all want this so fucking badly. Fine. Have it. Have them. Take it. I'm just going to live my motherfucking life and ignore that shit. I've just accepted that. I mean, especially after all the nonsense with the the progressive team, I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Y'all want them so badly? Y'all want them that badly? Have them. I remember remember coming on this show and having conversations and talking about how shitty the squad was. And my man would go fucking nuts. Like, yo, don't talk about it. And I'd be like, all right. Okay, then no, that is, see, that is not is we, you know this is the problem with Elgin. It is hyperbole. Go no, no, my guy, listen. Elgin likes it to is have absolutely revision. hyperbole. Okay, he likes to have revisionist history about you because I was and I will say in fairness to Elgin, he has been consistent about what the progressive movement looks like. Not even just what the progressive movement looks like, but who these and I don't say this disparagingly, but who the figureheads are mm-hmm. for the progressive movement. Yeah. And these People were it was in the infancy stages of it, and mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. let's let's give them let's let's just give folks let's a give chance because because sure. yeah. I mean the messaging we haven't heard this type of messaging before, right. at least not in this quantity, not this number of people, and specifically not in U.S. politics, right? And all of them, almost to a T, have begun. They they might as well be part of the Democrat. The democratic main stage at this point i don't see them as progressives any longer because they've seemed to have fallen in line but that's i know we don't want to go down that path but i am i am kind of blown away that trump is beginning to step into these different arenas where you normally wouldn't see him right it's going to sneaker con is one of the places where you would not expect this motherfucker to show up. I like, would have never expected. You would have never expected the president of the United States to show up at sneaker. But listen, the amount of scouting that takes place before a politician shows up to an event is a real I, thing. Uh, like they do do that. They just don't yes, randomly say this yes, is a great day. So they yes, found something yes, within yes, the culture of those people yes, at SneakerCon yes. that he was able to go and be successful. Well. N- Let's that, let's let's not give them too much it. credit. I see. I give okay, I agree. I agree. I agree. Let me I don't back. want to give him too much back. credit. Yeah, because then everybody's I, gonna say, "LG, you're a Trumpster." Fuck you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But, I, I apologize. What I do see from it is that before politicians show up to any of these events, not only do they have people on the ground scouting for potential voters beforehand, during, and after. So at the very least. You've got Trump coming into Philadelphia, a place that went for Biden, and he's getting the pulse of what's happening. He's getting the pulse of what's going to happen. Now, Trump, in my estimation, he's only doing this to get money. Like the dude literally just lost an eighty. Well, I mean, of course, million, he just opened a go fund me. Million dollar lawsuit. Go was, this weekend yeah, it was like four hundred and fifty exactly, million dollars that he had in order to pay. that he just did. He, he just other, yeah. he lost another lawsuit. So yeah. I mean, let's let's not be altruistic. He's he's doing this to get money or find somewhere yeah. to get money. Yeah. So I, I I get that, but at the same time, we cannot escape the fact that this dude showed up, and you know that when a politician shows up anywhere. Politics is going to happen. 
point blank. And this, I come to you for means. this part of the conversation all the time. I, I specifically come to you to say, help me understand the pitfalls and the shortcomings, why the Dems didn't do more when they had several opportunities to solidify themselves and to secure the White House in 2024. They had the opportunity to do that. Clearly, they have failed miserably. Clearly, that's more than likely not going to be the case. That's not the point here. But why, Sean? Why? What is happening with the Dems that has them so incredibly fucking impotent? Like, I, I, you know me. I believe they're both sides of the same coin, all those things. But yeah, for this particular conversation, the, same bird, the Dems guy. had an opportunity, my guy. Like, the door was wide open. I think the problem that the Democrats have now, and I've said it before, is that they have and have always had, especially within the past several voting cycles, have had a problem with messaging, right? I'm going to give you a, an example. And this is not to say the Democratic Party is perfect. It's not to say that all of our ills and wants and desires for, from a political standpoint have been answered by Joe Biden and Democrats being in charge. I would never say that. But if you look at the numbers, the statistics, what the FBI has released, okay? Crime, violent crime, robbery with violence. Say it, All say of these it. things have gone yeah. down within say the it. past 15 years. Yeah. Some of these places, like Detroit specifically, said that the murder rate or violent crime within that city, within Detroit, has it's at its lowest point since 1966. I've heard about that, yeah. However... Come on, tell the other never, side of the coin. You would, but however, you would never know that because Democrats don't do a good job of talking about what they've done or what they're going to do outside of scaring you and telling you this person's the boogeyman, this person's going to do X, Y, and Z, and that's why you should vote for me. And we're for, they're doing you, the boogeyman thing again, man. But that's, my, that's what the, I'm saying. They yeah, always they're doing do it again, and I'm like, thing. are we, are we going to fall for the boogeyman again? Like. And I think that's but niggas that, are scared. That's the thing. People are so emotional. The politics and I and I, I understand thing. that they're so emotional and they're scared. But I'm also like, damn, folks, we've we've been resilient. We've made it through a number of these motherfuckers in office. Like, let's not fall into this ultimate doom and gloom mentality every fucking four years, as if we haven't survived this long. Like, and, and that's been the success of people using Trump as the boogeyman. Like, do you know what he's going to potentially do? And they use all of these things that he doesn't, he's never done, probably doesn't have any interest in doing, but he's been such an evil, vile person in the beginning that you can attribute anything to this dude now, right? Yeah, that, <laughs> that I, 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 dig, I dig what you're saying. I dig what you're it's saying. It's like, like some, some of the shit he's done has been terrible, but at the same terrible. time, you, you, could, you could throw a whole bunch of shit on his back and it would yeah, possibly But now it's like, oh, I can throw yeah. anything at this dude yeah, and it's going to stick. I can dig it. I dig it. And I am I disgusted, it. man, because most of our poor, working class, black communities are democratic strongholds. So we're going to see Dems who look like us come out and push this boogeyman narrative. And the question I want black folks to begin to ask is like, yo, y'all motherfuckers been in office for a long time. Y'all had a certain level of power to be able to do things to change our community. 
Mm. Why aren't y'all doing more? Yeah, mm. what's stopping you? What's stopping, what's stopping you? You, you what's can't stopping blame you from doing what you said you're in going office to do. for doing this shit. Well, let, and like, now, and at least we get back to the guy. When y'all no, 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 no. And you, I think you spot on. But I think part of the dilemma, also, man, is that within our community, for whatever the reason, we man. don't focus on politics in a structural way right there are there is the the branch from from local from going from like your school board to your your city council to all of these things like knowing each one and knowing what role they play because the only thing we ever really see like the most vocal the most verbal the most visceral stuff is when you start talking about national politics who's going to be your congressman who's going to be your senator who's going to be president that's the stuff that people really see and galvanize forgetting that all of these folks that are on the local level run well, your life on a well, yeah. day-to-day basis and understanding what their platforms are. We don't but, understand yeah. that. Like on well, a, even, even on a local level, I mean, even on the local level though, the you know local level of politics um, doesn't feel as transparent or as accessible as it should be. I mean, they talk about you know, writing to your congressman, you know, vote here, vote there. There'll be this, but it's still not. You know, the people. You know, they, you know, it has. To, it should be the responsibility of local politicians to make the plan plain for yeah, the lane. Yeah, you gotta, gotta they, have they, a plan. They, all they want to do is paint them nice and pretty and, 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 and campaign ads and commercials. But yeah. if they if they, if they made it an objective to make yeah. the play to make the play plain to the people. Yeah. You know, then there perhaps there would be more more involvement, more uh, more 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 discourse around the kind of leadership we need on a local and state level. I mean, granted, I'm sure that the efforts are there by certain, 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 yes. uh, certain organizations to yes. make yes. to make the plan plain. Make the plan plain. You know, in yeah. fact, I, I've I've gotten an intense fascination with urban planning in the past year again. So, um, yeah, so I understand the need for transparency for, for things like this. I dig um, it. Yeah. I dig it. Man, uh, we've been talking for a long time, man. Uh, we just did our off the cuff segment. If you weren't aware of that, uh, that's part of our Patreon. If you're not part of our Patreon, I mean, fuck you, though. Elgin might say some worse things to you, but I'm just going to tell you you're missing out. So let's go ahead and do that. This is the In the Black podcast. Of course, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who know when you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. I'm your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself, but I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of the general counsel. Crush, say what's up, man. Good morning, everybody. I hope you're home from church. <laughs> nah, they they still praising white Jesus. Uh, Elgin, say oh, <laughs> what's say what's up. <laughs> you know I've been feeling some sort of way, man. Don't get me started. Listen, Larry, I don't, 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 I, I ain't got nothing to say after that one. He said it all. Yeah, uh, hey, good morning, friends. I covered all Mister Rogers shit after that. Like, hey, I ain't got shoot no shots. What oh my god! If you checking this out on YouTube, yeah. make sure you finesse that yes, thumbs sir. up button. You it helps too. the algorithm, makes it go a long way. Hit the red please, subscribe please. so that you don't miss out on the next incredible episode. Absolutely. Please follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter and on Instagram. And I already chastised you guys about not coming over to the Patreon if you haven't done so already. So Absolutely. make sure you take that into consideration. Um, this is going to be a more free-flowing conversation this morning, man. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. I hope you guys have. I think I shared it with you guys at oh, some God. point. There right. was a conversation that Keenan, um, right, I was going to say Keenan right. Allen. Oh, uh, Keenan Thompson. Ke- Right. Keenan Thompson had last year with Mike with the, Tyson about with the, the brilliant, deeply intellectual Mike Tyson, who 
has done nothing in life but read and analyze. I do not the plight of black people. I'm I'm just I am just so disappointed in Elgin. He's <laughs> so disappointed. So I'm so happy no Amazing. one called me and said stop that fucking nigga word, nigga. <laughs> you know, sometimes you get the ADS. You know these people. Mm-hmm. Right? Niggas not good no more. No, and that ain't gonna take niggas. I like been. that. They gonna take <laughs> niggas from us now. Oh yeah, yeah. they get ready to take nigga. I like nigga. Now that I oh, like no. the white man gave me, they gonna take it away. No, let me let you know something about nigga, okay? Let me teach you something about nigga. Oh, shit, here we go. Nigga, shit, you know. You don't even have to be a nigga. Don't even have to be involved for it to be nigga, shit. Mm-hmm. So how you gonna stop people saying the word nigga? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Though. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a battle worth fighting, man, because that word has got the worst connotation. It's, it does. And it's holding back a certain respectful outlook on this I don't feel, I don't feel held back. I feel ascended. It's not holding you back. Afro, I'm not an Afro-American. I'm a nigga. Yeah, that doesn't work when you're trying to get a job. You know yeah. Well, they know. Everybody know right now. I'm a nigga. Anybody want to hire me? Anybody want to hire Mike Tyson for anything? I know. I know. I'm fucking blowing billions. I am a nigga. Hey, no, Michael, don't, don't I feel disrespect like this me, is the but this is who I am. To tell you that that's not the case at all. You are a brilliant man. You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay. Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not too. I'm not too. No doubt. I'm but not too. I think the misunderstanding of trying to reclaim. Something that is attached to such bullshit still to this mm. day. I'm not listen. I'm not gonna go that route. I'm gonna. I'm. The, I'm a nigga. Yo, what you doing is beautiful. I'll support you, but I let me stay a nigga. You. When I talk to you. I talk to all these uh, people there. They're white. I don't care. They all look at me as a nigga. Else they don't. I expect them to. That's where we agree to disagree. Because I, agree I look at you too. as a king, my brother. You know what I'm saying? I look at you as one of the greatest people that ever walked this planet. The things you have done in your lifetime is so far away from the original connotation of that word. It's crazy. I apologize. The conversation that Keenan was having with Mike and with two other comedians, I think, I don't know if they're com- yeah, comedians, mm-hmm. is whether or not people should be able to use the N-word, right? And Keenan is very staunchly against it. And he said he didn't start becoming more staunchly against it until he started getting older and started going through the business and seeing how he's been treated and how others are treated and why he doesn't like to use the word and so on. And Mike being his profound self said, he's a nigga. End of story, period. He, if he's not a nigga, he's not, he, if he's not he's a nothing. nigga, he's nothing. He's nothing. That's what he said. And then you, verbatim. then you had other, yes, verbatim, literally. Then you had these other comedians that kind of played around the subject and kind of like justified Mike's, whole thinking but then tried to make an excuse for why the word wasn't really supposed to be used especially in certain circles and the only thing i kept thinking to myself at least from beginning to end of that conversation was one keenan saying that he's friends with mike tyson and we all have this perception of who mike tyson is we all know sometimes what friendship looks like especially with someone who's Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, an alpha, for lack of a better description, a person. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. right. Right. That's right. And the fact that he stood up to Mike in that moment and continued to try and talk him down, not just necessarily about the word using the word, because I think he saw that that was a losing battle, mm-hmm. but the fact that he was trying to get Mike to understand that he was more than that, that, that word that. shouldn't be associated with him, I thought was incredible. 
incredible to me specifically because I never saw Keenan Keenan Thompson as that type of dude. Right. I didn't know that he had this this side to him, and he's yeah. he's not only did he stand his ground, but he acted as a good friend. Is he married to a white woman? woman? No, I, he's married to a sister. Yeah, I mean, okay. No, the other one, Kel, Kel, Kel is the one. one that was married. Yeah, yeah. Kenny's actually, Kenny actually uh, pretty well educated, a pretty well rounded individual. Yeah. Dude, I, I've never seen that side of him. I only he's see well. Keenan from fucking he's Good well Burger and Saturday Night Live. That's the only thing I saw. But seeing this kind of changed. Oh, there's a lot more to him than that. Yeah, yeah, Clearly. he's he's well rounded. Uh, but I think the thing that I liked about the conversation was the fact that uh, Keenan challenged Mike. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think most times when we are in spaces where we hear somebody say something that we don't agree with, that or believe that they shouldn't say. We just kind of just take it, take it on the chin and be like, oh, that's who they yeah. are. And we don't intend to engage to have a deeper conversation. That conversation was not part of their show run sheet. They didn't schedule Facts. that. They didn't plan it. Facts. It was something that just came about and it birthed into something that, like, Oh, said has so many different layers to it, right? There was, there's not, it wasn't just a conversation about who should or shouldn't use the N word. They talked about the N word. They talked about other words. There was so many different components to it. So initially when he sends it to me, I, I, I brushed against like, yo, I don't want to have this fucking conversation. I, I don't want to listen to Mike Tyson expound on why we should or shouldn't use the N word. And my thoughts around it was exactly right. He's not going to be someone who is open to it. But again, you catch Mike Tyson when he is in the midst of anybody who's ever done a podcast and you get a number of views for your podcast. It does something for your ego. It does something for you to make you want to say the wildest shit sometimes. Right. Hmm. And Mike is known for doing and saying the wildest shit historically. So for him to put his, you know, stand on his toes and say, I am one. I understand what he's trying to do by reclaiming the power of the word, right? We see the same thing that we've seen in the early hip hop movement when this debate was taking place. The same thing. There was an intentionality of trying to reclaim the word, to wake the word ours again my pushback has always been that word was never ours from the fucking beginning i don't know why you're trying to take some shit that never was ours we didn't create it it wasn't some shit that we decided to call each other out of friendship and karate and then white folks came and stole it no them motherfuckers gave it to us in harsh evil conditions now you're trying to reclaim it i'm not saying it's just another way of doing it but that way is foolish right so i understand the conversations around it but i'm like man how many circles do black folks travel in where they hear like the circles that i hang in i don't hear a whole lot of people using the n-word like they used to yeah i mean it's not I, it doesn't have the same prevalence that it once did in my community and i'm still I, banging in the hood like i don't it's more bro this, this, to be fair to be fair you you are also a man of a certain am, age man so you're certain, I mean, a certain age I mean, and a certain political yeah. status also Facts, right, facts, I've done, facts. yeah. So there is a difference in the distinction there, and I think hence that's why I kind of brussled at having a conversation again because I'm like, the people I bang with, we ain't wrestling with this conversation no more. Yeah, like, not, this not if you white and you man. say this, we're going down the pipe. You're going to check. If you yeah, black and you say this, right, we're going to look at you crazy. Like, come on, man, what are, what are we doing? What did mm. we spell back in fucking high school that we mm. call mine? It's like, yo, it's part of the lingo that we use in our youth. Like the same thing with by referring to, and again, 
not saying is right, wrong, blue, or indifferent. When we used to call women bitches, that was part of the vernacular that we use, right or wrong, in the times of our youth while mm. we were deeply enmeshed in street or early hip-hop culture. It was part of what mm. we did. And most of us have evolved beyond that, but some of us have not. So I think it's yeah. a... A worthwhile conversation, but at the same time, like, damn, y'all motherfuckers still I, arguing over like, this yeah, shit. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, one of those yeah. conversations that you know will continue probably for a few more generations. You know, and you know, like O said, you know, as we we are men of a certain age, and I did find myself feeling, you know, especially being that I am a you know ancient practitioner of uh, hip hop music. Um, you know, I have seen the discussions around the word from day one. You know, and I, I can never forget, you know, Q-Tip song, Sucker Nigga, Midnight Marauders. Mm -hmm. um, and, but as I've gotten older, um, I've, I've, I found that I am most uncomfortable um, mentioning the word around white people. And hmm. I'm very uncomfortable seeing other black people freely spit it out their mouth in formal settings, like interviews and shit. Yeah, um, like, like, and you're the only black person in the room. Like, who raised you? You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I you know, there was some. I, there's been some. Where there's been times I've seen you know younger people act, you know, act like this, and I'm like, clearly you have no context for what this word is. You know, and especially in, in using it so freely in front of these white folks. Um, that's when I'm, you know, I, I, you know, that's what was, was one of the instances where it became clear to me that I don't feel the same way about the word. And like, mm -hmm. or this newer generation that allows their white cohorts to use yeah. the word. Yeah, like, like I'm L, punching like, both y'all in the face, can, you like, and your white yeah. cohort. Like, 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 like that shit. Like, like L, L said, like you know, in my own circle, like you know, we, we I don't hear the word that much unless, like, you know, it's in some comedic jokey shit like you know, yeah. like, you know but like in normal conversation when they're referring to their children or their family oh hell or, no or 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 some or or a woman they're seeing or something that they're into oh, you know the, the n-word isn't just spilling out them out there random yeah, anymore like we, like, yeah. like we did in our youth you know but, yeah. but even looking back yeah. now you looking back at how much you said it you're like why was i saying it that much <laughs> you know but i mean and not that we probably don't still don't say it at random but not nearly yeah. as much I remember when I got to a it point where I it stopped It doesn't feel the same coming out like, of a grown man's mouth. It doesn't feel the same way anymore. And to your point about saying it around white people, I want to make sure that folks are listening. This is not a form of uh, respectability politics or identity no, politics no, that we're fall, falling for by saying this. I don't want to say it around white people because I don't want white people to take pleasure in fucking hearing it. No, I don't want them mm. to think for one second that so there is, in that one there, second that is, I don't want them to get there's any comfortability. Right, I was watching fucking uh, American Fiction last night, and a part of American Fiction in the early stages of the movie, he was a professor, and he that. had this book up there, and part of the book's title was "Nigger," and black people in the room didn't have a particular issue with the fucking word on the the board because they understood what he was trying to do. One white mm -hmm. woman in the class turned it into this whole huge fucking thing about, well, this word has been oppressed. And he's like, I know that, <laughs> right? But the fascinating component is, I think we have done a much better job of setting limits and a standard on who can use it and when. Much different than I think we did maybe 10, 15 years ago. Absolutely. You don't typically hear folks calling each other nigger in just about any space. I mean, it comes, I know when people say it to me, 
it's usually because of some news that I've just shared, some wild shit that I've probably said, or some excitement. Like, yo, nigga, what? Yeah, 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 right, right. You know what I mean? It's that type, but it's not like, yo, what's up, my nigga? How are you? Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I haven't, no, I haven't seen, I haven't said what's on my nigga in I don't know how many years. Yeah, I haven't said it. I haven't said that But I think with the, one of the bigger arguments that you continue to hear now is whether or not, because the word is used so freely, because one of America's biggest commodities or exports is entertainment and how the word has flowed into entertainment spaces, whether or not white people should have the ability to use it. And I'm I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm really kind of tired of that conversation. I think it's stupid. But, but the funny thing time, is, it hasn't spilled into mainstream media or mainstream movies just yet, right? You don't see movies that are portraying racially gripping topics where the white people are throwing around nigger, unless he is the ultimate racist. Yeah, the ultimate right? like bad guy, right? Clear like, sure that you know that he's the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't see that in just yeah, general where. Think. <laughs> yeah, white people are sitting around the table and they're mad at some shit that black people fucking niggers. You don't yeah, yeah, right. see that. Right. Let me and that I shit, think right. that takes place way more, more often oh, yeah, than more black often. people getting together and calling each other yeah, niggers. Yeah. I think it goes no, around I, I think, like I said, the I breakfast think the table right now. It, I think the conversation... <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I knew you were going to do it. But I'm saying, I'm, what I'm saying is that ultimately, I, I don't know whether or not we should be having that conversation of whether white people should be using it or not. I think that that's more nuanced and depending on what side of the fence you're on, that conversation can go on for forever. What I don't want people to misunderstand, because it seems like people separate this whole concept, is that for every word you say, there are consequences. This word should not Every word you say. There are consequences to things that you say, my guy. So if you're a white person, and the consequence of you saying that word in the presence of black people means that you get punched in the mouth. That's just a chance that you're going to have to take. Or if yeah. the consequence of you saying that in a job interview or with somebody means that you lose your job, that's just one of the consequences of it. So whether you want, I don't even know why you would want to say it if you know that that word has some level of vitriol and hate to it or what the history. Let me just say the history of the word. But at the same time, escaping the fact that it has consequences a woman calling herself or her girlfriend's a bitch to me doesn't, I mean, doesn't hold the same, wouldn't doesn't hold the same, hold the same weight. And I wouldn't even be involved in that conversation. It's like, all right, nope. that's because, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But oh, if no, I no, no, don't make the mistake, but that's what I I'm won't saying. be saying if, it. If I were to say it, I you also know, I would hope before I said it, I know that there are consequences to, oh, saying. <laughs> My, you know, what's up, bitches? Like, what's up, bitches? Like, no, no, yeah, you can't, no, you can't, you can't, you cannot say that. You cannot say that. No, you're about to get, you're about to get jumped. All right, all right, uh, let's, 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 let's take a step back away from the conversation about the word itself. Do you think, I think that challenging, we can't understate the challenging that Keenan did to Mike. Do you think we as black men challenge our friends in that no. way, in more serious ways enough? No, because even the exchange felt a little bit. You could feel the tension. You get what I'm saying? I don't think so. You could feel no. the tension. You don't. Okay, go, go ahead. I don't. I don't think so. And I think largely we don't do it because we don't have uh, the relationships with each other in a capacity that that should be allowed, right? Like that in my inner circle of friends, that is part of the standard of being a friend is hmm. accountability. Like if you see me doing some fuck shit and you see me about to jump off a ledge head first into some shit that's going to do not only damage to myself, 
but have a ripple effect across to all my heirs. Mm. Like your responsibility as my man's is to call me on a carpet. And if you yeah, don't cool. call me on a carpet, I'm telling you my relationship with you immediately will change and no longer have the same validity that it once did. But again, for me, that carries over into intimate partners, like I, I, women. Mm, if you a woman that mm. deals with me and you can't hold me accountable on some fuck shit, oh, we ain't gonna mm. make it, sis. We, mm, and I did say more, sis intentionally because let's, yeah, let's be clear. More, more uh, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna make it. Yeah, more often than not, those individuals. <laughs> I thought we escaped that conversation than, last I mean, week. We're not talking I mean, about that. I mean, if, if, you, more, if you can't, go ahead, go ahead, crush. See, because more often than not, you know, those individuals who sit back and watch you flounder. Bro, are, are looking for an opportunity. Yeah, yeah they see yeah, they, yeah. they see they see an opportunity in your in in your in your in your failure. Yeah, yeah. You know they, yeah. they see they they see it. They see an opportunity in your failure, and that, that's why yeah. they allow it to happen. They don't they don't they, they don't truly care about your well being, or or about um your presence in their life. Yeah, you know yeah. they uh, they see someone floundering. They're like, hmm, that's either fun to watch or there's some angle here that I can take mm -hmm. advantage. Of. Like maybe I can get his baby mom. Yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. Before. And we don't have enough vulnerability amongst black men in the capacity that I think no. I think vulnerability is one of the key components to having any strong, safe, viable relationship. Being able to be vulnerable in such a way where I can come to you and admit my flaws and my fuck ups and say, you know what, yeah, man, uh, you know what, she did catch me cheating. And I did I was. I was cheating. And here's all the reasons why. I'm not offering an excuse. But for the full context of the situation, this is where I am. I deserve these consequences. Do I think they're fair and that she's going too far? Yeah, I think she's going too fucking far. But she's exactly. in her feelings right now, and justifiably so. Mm -hmm. That level of vulnerability doesn't take place in our community enough, not because we're flawed or broken or don't have the capacity to do something. That's just something that has not been fostered enough in our homes first like and again we can blame capitalism for the way it has put pressures on our families to have our men out of the homes working 12 15 hours a day down at the mill so when that motherfucker does come home he doesn't want to hear about little johnny having a hard day emotionally at the job he wants the big piece of chicken and to be able to go and you know read the newspaper and go to sleep so it's not the fact that we just don't have the capabilities. It's the fact that the way society has continued to oppress us, that we have not been able to cultivate and grow those spaces in a way that would, I think, be huge game changers for the way we interact with each other and ultimately help grow healthy black dynamics in our community. Spot on. All right. So earlier this week, we also saw a video, man, um, shared it in our social media of a woman that basically recounted uh, the scene from Ray, where he loses his If you've his ever seen the movie Ray, you probably remember the scene where seven-year-old Ray Charles falls to the floor after losing his eyesight. He immediately starts yelling out to his mom for help, who, unbeknownst to him, is only a few feet away. In that scene, we see her struggle with not running over to help her son. And after she doesn't come, young Ray starts listening for himself. He starts hearing the sounds from the cowbell, and the kettle on the stove and the people passing by outside. After a while, he gets up, starts navigating throughout the house, and then he hears a cricket and he goes over, catches it. And then he looks up in the direction of where his mom is standing, who's also crying and say, I can hear you too, mom. 
That is by far one of the hardest things of parenthood. When you have the means to help your child, but it's in their best interest if you don't. As parents, we want to fix everything because we don't want our children to face any problems. But a life without problems is a life without purpose. The only way our children will ever be able to find the answers they can't see is if we step back and allow them to look for themselves. I'm not saying that we should abandon our children, but when you never let your child solve their own problems, you're teaching them how to never be the solution. They can only step up when we step back. And she said that is one of the biggest challenges or tests of a parent is this whole, is the tough love approach. Having the ability to save your children, to help your children and not doing so because you know doing so does not build them for what's next in life or for the future. I posted this, uh, someone posted this in our social media and I brought it to L's attention and L was very quick to come back and say he does not agree with this woman. So I want to give Elgin the floor and explain why he doesn't agree with this tough love approach or allowing your kids to quote unquote struggle. I won't even say suffer, struggle to be able to raise them accordingly. Go ahead, L. Tough love doesn't work. Tough love doesn't change a person's internal intrinsic behaviors. Tough love is not something that produces something that is healthy, viable, and sustainable. What tough love typically does is activate something internally to make a person respond out of fear, right? I'm going to respond in such a way and do this right thing, largely because I know if I do this right thing, I don't have to worry about my parents and I having a disconnect. I don't have to worry about my parents and I giving me some sort of reprimand in order for me to get back in their good graces. And I'm going to tell you, the only area in the world, the only group of people where this is okay mentality to put on is children. No other group are you able or allowed or is it socially acceptable for you to use tough love to get them to change their behavior. You can't use tough love on your spouse. You can't withhold needs and benefits and things that they need in order for them to become a better spouse and it be socially acceptable. Only children are we able to do this with. It is okay for us to berate. It's okay for us to shame. It's okay for us to do all of these horrendous behaviors to children to somehow believe, right? Because the intention is we're looking to make this person, this tiny human, better. So I'm going to give them tough love. I'm going to withhold the care and things that they need, the necessities they need, thinking that somehow in their pain, they're going to have the ability to change their behavior and become a better person. And I'm going to tell you people, the people who do this type of behavior to their children, the only thing that changes when people experience pain and the result of tough love is the wiring in their brain, the attachments that they develop going forward in their life change. So now instead of them having secure attachments, meaning they're able to establish healthy boundaries within relationships. They develop anxious attachments. They develop insecure attachments, meaning that they are going to give of themselves ultimately to the detriment of themselves in order to attain some attachment that typically doesn't want them in the first place. Hmm. There's a flip side of this idea, right? I got, I got to push back. 
and, and I'm not pushing back because I disagree with you. I'm pushing back because and you know because you know people are going to push back. I'm going to ask the question. You know people are going to ask the question. Please, how do you rear strong, independent children if you don't test them and allow them the opportunity to struggle and fail on their own? But struggle and fail to accomplish what? What are you looking to get them to do in their struggling and failure? Because that objective is never clear. She wasn't clear. That was largely the reason why I disagreed with her. She wasn't clear on what the desired outcome for this child was to be. She didn't say that she was hoping that this child grew up to be resilient, be have some healthy social awareness, to be empathetic, to be compassionate towards anybody. She said that tough love was something that children need to experience out of a need and necessity for survival. And I think that in and of itself is where the problem lies. My responsibility is for me to cultivate a space where I teach through love, natural, logical consequences on how to make better. I don't have to create a test for my children to fail when I can say, yo, listen, if you keep playing with that, you're going to fall. And when you do fall, listen, I'm going to hug you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to put some peroxide on it, put a little Band-Aid on it, but we're going to go about your way. I'm teaching them in that moment several things that what you're doing has a consequence, that that consequence doesn't change the dynamic between me and you. And awfully, there's a level of care in what you're experiencing in this natural logical consequence. But if I set you up for a test to fail, we have our kids live in our house until they're 18 years old. And that whole time in there living in your house in their 18 years, getting to 18, they have no agency, no autonomy, no ability to say what they like, what they want, what they don't need, what they, how they feel, anything along that. But when they turn 18, you want to turn these motherfuckers off into the street and say, go survive. And you wonder why they're failing because you have not given them any of the tools that they needed. But somehow you think at 18, everybody is supposed to have it together. And, you know, mm. I think that there, there's another aspect of this that I think um, is often mm. ignored. And that's probably due to maybe, you know, bitter experience and resentment that the parents have experienced. But the yes. concept, the concept of survival yes. as a purely solitary solo endeavor is what will uh, put you in an early grave you know Mm -hmm. the concept of true survival is knowing when and how and to whom to ask for help remember it snowed we had that that's what they know that's what that's what we're not telling them like look you can't you you don't have to do this by yourself it would be great it would be great if, if you, you could, were able to do it. But 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 guess what? This is real life. You're yeah. one man or one woman with one degree. You're going to have to learn. Teach your kids how to click up. Teach your kids how to team up. Teach your kids how to work with, not through, work with people. To, get to build. To build. Not destroy. Not take. But teach them to build with others. That's I hate the survival. idea that That's, but teaching we them are to be trying a role, to. A role like me. Yeah, we're trying to condition kids to suffer the way that we did. It's like, I don't want my kids to suffer the way dad did. My responsibility is to make sure that you don't suffer that way. And there's an aspect within the black community that also has to be addressed in this component. And that's the religious aspect. 
it's a very Christian mindset, right? And I, and I know some of y'all are not going to want to hear this, but part of your Christianity is that suffering is a requirement in order to ensure a blessing. That I got to go through some shit. And that's the only way God is in the blessing business. So you reside and rest in the book of Job, which if you never mind, I'm not gonna go down that path, but you, you reside do, in this you place. Do, baby. Do what you you reside do. in this place's mentality. All of your gospel music is about somehow, some way, at the end of your trials and tribulations, God is going to bestow a blessing upon you. Every Sunday you go to church and you hear a preacher with good intentions trying to give you some hope in the midst of your suffering, telling you that you are a child of the people in Exodus, realizing that you are not a child of the people in fucking Exodus. You're a child of Sarah and Jesse May, who got transported across the fucking seas and was kidnapped into an oppressive system here in America. But this idea that somehow, some way, that we have to be, we have to suffer, that there's some redeeming quality in our pain, that in the redeeming quality, we're ultimately going to be blessed and come out of our circumstances because of how bad life has been is the biggest bunch of bullshit impossible. I'm telling you, as someone who has prayed and begged God to deliver, to come through, to provide food, shelter, clothing, and healing, and only to be met with silence, there is no fucking way that you can sit here and tell me that my suffering somehow brings forth some sort of redemption. And the black people being as a whole, largely Christian by proxy, that doesn't mean that they have some healthy understanding of Christian orthodoxy, Policy that they've gone through yep. all the things to become Christian. There is a Christian connection there. And within our community, we believe and strongly believe that pain is the way to come out and receive our blessings. So we carry this on into all of our intimate relationships and no one suffers more about with this than black children. We believe black children are not viable, that somehow they're inherently lazy that they have some sort of criminality component to it, and we blame them for all of the issues that they are involved in and that they face. But there's never a level of accountability when it comes to the parents, not even just the parents, right? But the parents having enough wherewithal to actually address the systems that oppress them and the children. But this idea that it's okay to even hit or spank your child in order to get them to change their behavior is one of the most evil and oppressive mindsets that people have because there's no other group, no other group where it is okay to scream, yell, berate, and hit in order to change their behavior. If you do that to women, you go to jail. If you do that to everybody else, another man, you go to jail. But children are the only group of people where it is okay and suggested and advised, and you are judged if you don't somehow harm your children in order for them to be successful. That is some wild ass oppression right there that we got to give it the fuck to you. out of. I give it to you. This whole conversation, I not in all honesty, I, I had to sit back and just listen because there are so many things that that as a parent, we talk about it all the time on the show that this shit don't come with a manual, man. Don't come with a pamphlet. And it's, it's easy to jump to conclusions and say what someone is doing right or someone's doing wrong. But it, one thing that we cannot be averse to is having the conversation and at least being open-minded enough to listen. Cause I'm not going to even lie to you, bro. 
me from me at 25, 30 years old to where you are now. I don't even know if I would have I would have tu- tuned you the fuck out. Yeah. That's not how I was raised. It makes sense, right? It, it makes all, sense. It all made perfect sense. It all so it gives sense. us the what's, opportunity. What's my name that we had? Uh, DJ. Uh, what's DJ's name? Yeah, name? DJ. DJ Johnson. When we had him on the show and he was talking about the, the actual, or let me say his interpretation. I don't want to jump too yes, far. His interpretation. his interpretation of the shepherd leading the flock. Yeah. You know, spare that whole, the, the, the concept spare of the rod, sparing the, the rod and spirit spoil the child. And I always took that concept as spanking because that's usually the concept or the, the, concept the translation that is used. That is used. Sure. But he made, he made so much sense. He was like, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a shepherd, a shepherd out there beat beating his sheep. sheep. The rod is the used to guide and to move the sheep in the right direction. It's not used to, to beat and, and harm the sheep. Yeah. I'm always fascinated. I never, I never thought about that. I was like, family. "Oh shit!" Yeah, like, how do you turn that off? Like, some point in time, yeah, literally, because they're about to go off a cliff because yeah, of their their why, vision, the their yeah. inability to see the world fully because of their biological vision. The sheep need the hook to make sure that they're gonna go off the cliff. That's why the hook is there. When they're headed towards the wolf, who is laying in the prey, laying ready to pounce. Like, I'm going to teach all you other sheep a lesson yes. and let that other one get I'm ate let, up. Exactly. I'm going to let that one over go yeah. get eaten and, uh, because all the rest of the sheep are going to learn the lesson. And, uh, like, what? Hook, the hook was for the wolves, too. Because I had the hook was for the wolves, I've seen, too. I've seen one or two uh, shepherds, you know, literally yank on, those joints God. and toss them in the air. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> I appreciate you both, man. Because no, like I said, this is a tough conversation to have, and especially yeah, when you start talking about child rearing and parenthood, people, man, they get defensive. Yeah, they everybody get, ready they to put the gloves on. Yeah, everybody everybody's an expert on. when it comes to the child rearing. Yes, I'm telling you, listen, I ain't listen, no expert, listen. my guy. Don't don't even know. Don't let me give you that impression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I apologize to my 27 year old the day before yesterday for some reckless shit that I said. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still waiting to start class. So I don't Brothers, dude, don't worry. You you, you at the foot of Elgin, he'll figure it out. He'll help you get some <laughs> lessons together. I know he got it. When he puts it when he puts his memoir together, that's gonna be a number one seller. Oh, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's gonna be a All right, before we jump out, man, I want us to quickly talk about Fannie Lewis, who is the DA in Fulton Fanny, County, Fannie, Fanny. No, it's Fanny. 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 That's what Fanny. I didn't say. Fanny. Oh, you, you said Fanny. Like just like Charlemagne the God says it. Yeah. You said yeah. Fanny. I said Charmin Fanny. You said Fanny. Yeah, you said Fanny. It's okay. Go uh, ahead. I, I apologize. That's that's not what I meant to say. Fannie Lewis, and uh, the DA in Fulton County, who is uh, charging the president now for trying to steal an election. Hers. Which president is she charging? Uh, Which president? I think it was Biden. <laughs> I know my my bad. It was, just to be clear, I just want to make sure that yeah, we oh the, the charges they recently God. brought up against his influence during the uh, during the twenty twenty election for Joe Biden, right? <laughs> this motherfucker. Nah, the sneaker, the sneakerhead, Donald Trump. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The other genocide dude. All right, my bad. Sure. Yeah, that that motherfucker. Oh, yeah, so, okay. so what recently happened? She's she's now being put on trial yeah. for whether or not she's capable of doing her doing her job. Conflict so, interest, yeah. And you know what's the the problem? But just to give you guys some details, okay. So Michael Roman, who is a co-defendant of Donald Trump, recently brought up, or he alleges essentially that. Willis was in a relationship with Nathan Wade, who is one of her, who is the lead attorney on the trial for the Donald Trump trial. That she and he had a relationship prior to her hiring 
uh, prior to Willis hiring um, Wade. Hiring Wade. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why that's important is because one. Let me start from from the beginning. The you know Wade mm-hmm. is a contractor, and they have many different contracted attorneys to come and do these cases or whatever. Okay. Right. But apparently, Wade is getting paid an ass load of money, seven hundred and something thousand dollars in comparison to other contracted attorneys that are making like only seventy five k. So if she hired him because they started, if they started this relationship prior to this case Mm -hmm. and then is now taking taxpayer dollars to pay this dude this ass load of money, Mm -hmm. which she is now, at least according to the court reportings, took her on expensive trips and did some most stuff. They were living on expensive vacations and some most shit. So there is not only a conflict of interest there, but then you have to say that there is some sort of negligence in how she spends the state money. Now, from what's being reported during the trial, man, it's not looking too good. I know there's a lot of folks that see, you know, the the snippets and the clips from her on on trial and saw how she acted and is like, you know, giving her kudos. And I, I dig it. I can understand it. But when you start jumping on that side of things and not actually addressing what's what the real issue is is where we start having the problem. Um, like I said, the relationship, the debate right now is saying that the relationship started prior to him. I mean, I mean technically true, and and perhaps the contract that no, 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 no don't don't say technically true because there is debate. Okay, the, Roman is saying that they she hired him. Oh, excuse mm-hmm. me. They started the relationship mm-hmm. prior to her hiring him. Right. She's saying, nah, we didn't start this relationship until after he was, was hired, and we just happened, and we just happened to start he kicking was, it over the right. course of us working together, which that's happens money, in places. Yeah. And you can have that debate. That's another. Yeah, that can, that, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I would say the only thing that needs scrutiny would be the contract that was issued to uh, Mr. Wade, and to uh, you know do an audit as to what warrants uh that fee um is his workload and expertise um in start in stark contrast to the other contractors on on the team um this is very very possible i you know i've i've worked um on 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 task orders that have involved certain experts that carry a certain level of cachet and uh resources that warrant a uh a higher fee Perhaps Mr. Wade's expertise um, and resources. Uh, won't, you know, I would say you know that would be the question for me. Like you know, do you know do your services and resources warrant this? Uh, that warrant this fee that, is, that that you've been that you've been issued. Um, you know, if that can be answered with uh, within you know, fair parameters, then you know we can just you know, move on. You know, the whole relationship. You know, but if yeah, but if if this man is got the guys the same JD as everyone else. Then I, I'm sorry. That that sounds you know very favorite you know some like some favoritism bullshit. But if this not, man has some you, if this man has the skills to pay the bills and he has a record of receiving a fee like this from other parties, like oh I get I get paid like this all the time because of A, B, and C, then there's no case. Okay, I'm not what you're saying makes valid sense, but I think it is still extremely important to make sure that they are able to pin down the timeline. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's not just that he got paid what he got paid is that he got paid what he got paid. And then somehow she was able to funnel those monies or benefits back to herself 
through the course of their relationship. Or a so if you personal, pe- personal use. So if you're saying that, okay, let's see if he's let's say he's valid. You get what I'm saying? Let's say he's valid, he's making what he's making, right? But because your relationship, mind you, this like I said, we can't negate the fact that this is taxpayer money. Yeah. So you give her all you give old boy all this money, but you're in a relationship with old boy, and you're like, okay, well, you know, I get, you make it 700 k Why don't you just take me to Jamaica real quick? Why don't you take me to uh Belize? And then go through all that, like man, because man. There, there, you have to, you have to, we have to have that conversation of what the I mean, trust. I mean, I mean if, trust of relationship but, but, between. But if, if he's earned the money, he can do what he wants with his money. Yes, but he earned the money, he can do what he wants with it. He can, but you still. I mean, I think it's a fair enough question to ask how this relationship is benefit because once again you're talking about taxpayer dollars bro if it was somebody else doing the same thing we'd be the community would be up in arms let's keep let's keep it 100 funky man if we if emma on msnbc you found out that rudy giuliani was doing the same shit we'd have a totally different perspective of what giuliani is but because fani is in this position we're giving her some leeway but one because she's a black woman and I'm oh yeah i was gonna say come on let's make sure we get that clear one because yeah, she's yeah, a black yeah. woman and two because she's yeah. a democrat my biggest my biggest problem with this whole thing outside of the relationship part because what she does in her personal life is her business i don't give i don't give two shits what i'm mad about is the fact that if she gets called up because the trial that she's on now is not necessarily it's not to throw her in jail it's not none of that stuff is to see whether or not she is fit to continue to run this to to continue to pursue charges against or to lead the case, the trial against uh, Donald Trump. If she is found by this judge not to be able to do that, there was a conflict there and they need to find somebody else. That's going to delay this entire process because they're going to have to go through an extensive process to find another DA or somebody else to run this trial. And by that time, Trump could be uh, Trump could be president. He will. The reason why this is so important is because if they were able to do this without missing a beat and he were to lose this trial, it would have set a domino effect and a precedence for other other cases coming down the road. But by the time this happens, they're not going to try a sitting president once he wins. It's never going to happen. And if the whole point of Democrats right now is to stop this dude from being in, in that seat again, this was a fuck up, 100%. Point blank. I give up. It's a huge fuck up. Like I said, I don't care what she does in her personal life. And I know, yo, I, I've I've banged with a couple of women that have either slid me, I've slid them to meet, and they've slid me opportunities. We've all seen, we've all been in positions where we've benefited from our relationships in some capacity before. Yeah. yeah we've yeah. all been in that seat yeah, at some yeah, point. Yeah, this is but true. at the same time, bro, no, I don't, I mean, dog, to I this mean, extent, though, I know. To this extent, know. and yeah. not only jeopardizing your money, but just jeopardizing your opportunity to get money and jeopardizing your I'm, job? Yeah, I'm just Come I'm, on, bro. I, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm I don't know. Stunned. And I guess, and, and we can go one or two ways. I am blown away nowadays with the number of people who still get involved from a sexual standpoint with coworkers. I don't like I don't, that shit to me. I, that, that's it's weird. Still, that's like, so weird. Listen, and I mean, I'm not talking about developing a committed relationship. I think there's a difference here between doing that and just y'all having sex. Because I think mm. that's where things get a little messy, right? Largely because when you're 
in the mindset of just having sex is this denial that feelings are evolving. Right? I'm never going to be, yeah. Oh, I'm never going to care about this person. I think that's yeah. where things get tricky and that's where it gets kind of messy. Like most yep. people who get involved with each other at the job on a purely sexual basis, they're not having the conversation like, yo, we just getting it in. That's it. Like, nah, they just go. Like we ain't, we ain't going. But again, I understand let's, why. Let's, it's the thrill. Let's make sure. It's the thrill. Just to add another component. I want you to continue that thought, but just to add another component. Let's not forget. I'm not talking about Fanny. Fanny, I don't give a shit either way. Fanny, I think you were a wreck before this all took place. I... Let's not for, let's not forget. You have another component that is extremely important. Like I said, he is a contractor. She is technically his boss. That, that, the power that, dynamic. That's what I'm saying. That's what oh, I'm yeah. saying. It's all very, very messy, bro. It's yeah. all very, very messy. <sighs> what? A, what? A, what? A, just so it just it just. Yeah. I just advise people, man, do better. I mean, if you're going to, I'm not looking to tell anybody what to do or what not to do. But man. Y'all got to lay the parameters out from the gate. Like, yo, oh, keep the game in there tight, man. We sure get caught up in something. Tight. Like, yo, I'm just, you just going to take it on the chin. And and whatever happens, it's on you. You can't drag me down. We moping or we got something to lose. And it's ruin everything. And just ruin but everything. Damn, y'all be setting everybody. I'll be like, yo. And that's why I always am fascinated nowadays when people cheat on their spouses. Y'all cheat on your spouses in an era where everything is still available to be found. Like, just because you delete on you your side, up. my I'm guy. Glad, glad Do you know how they found out about the shit? How? You know how tell, tell the folks, my guy. Tell so, folks. so apparently how? Wade is getting a divorce, right? So he and his do, wife do, 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 do. were in the process of getting oh, a divorce, but Lord. had not finished divorcing each other, right? They specifically said they were going to wait until the children were old enough and gone to college or whatever before they Does actually finalized sense? the paperwork. <sighs> whatever, whatever that means. But that, that was what was going to happen. During the court proceedings for the divorce, his ex-wife now comes out and says, hey, hold on, bro. Give me a second. So his ex-wife says, <laughs> it's amazing how that, 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 that punch line. I like that cliffhanger right there. Yeah, that cliffhanger. Like, like as his wife knocks on his door. Like, ah. This is right where you cut the commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quickly cut. Oh, we got new information. Oh, we're, we're, we're going to go to a break and come, come, come back here in just a moment. And this is wild, man. I, I Listen, I... I, I mean... I, I didn't want to dig into it when I saw Gibson the head. I'm like, no, she's not. No, we're not really. No. Oh, so yeah, this is going really. forward. This is getting serious. Yeah. Like they really found something. Like, are they you really found? Uh, something. They really found some shit. And this they really about to found be ruined. some shit. And she's about they're to be ruined, man. Ruined the whole thing. And the thing is, the way she portrayed herself from the outset was so like, oh, and man, it was a I, black. I, black I, 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 I am with her. I am I am airtight. Yes. My, team is tight. my team is tight. My paperwork yeah. is tight. Everything tight. And, all and black folks was going nuts going? for her on social media. Like, yo, now y'all listen to this sister. Go ahead, girl, black girl magic. And I'm like, yo, one, she one is a villain in this story. One ex-wife. Like, she is not the hero because she's black. She's the villain, ruined guys. This one ex-wife ruined this whole shit. Yes. I'm like, one she's ex-wife the ruined this whole shit. Can yeah, we, that's right. Like ruin her whole image. Ruin her whole you, image. But you're still the villain. Like, no, you're not a good person mm-hmm. in this situation, Fanny. Well, then, like I said, so during the court case, the, the ex-wife 
that that the, the ex-wife said that hey that wasn't your wife knocking on the door right to, to come and chastise you for not taking the trash shower going to church with her this morning was it no i, right, I smelled me, me, me I smelled something worried. burning and i thought i was going to have another incident so i rushed up the <laughs> you know, we, oh shit we know how you have ptsd from that now i know we now have a stockpile of of uh flowers in the house <laughs> and fire extinguishers. They got little. Hey, Popeyes. Hey, for the chicken is. Hey, bacon cakes. It's just in case you go to the flames. Because that grease fire shit is serious. That's right. I applaud you for going with me to live. Shout out to your wife for making sure you get it done. This is one of the reasons why I hate you so much. You know that. Yeah, I'm trying to get with her friends. I mean, what about what else am I supposed to do here? I, 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 you know what? Right about now is the time we'd like to give you little tidbits of news and words of wisdom to take with yourself into the week. Crush, what is up, bro? What is up, man? Oh man, um, I just want to tell my brothers out there to you know, uh, you know, remind yourselves that you know you don't have to take on uh, life's trials by yourself. You know, I recently had to uh, admit that to myself and and uh, take some steps to uh, you know, remedy some some personal situations. So you know, please uh, remember to take stock and to uh, remember that you know the load does not have to be purely on your shoulders. Take it, L. What's up? From the river to the sea, my guy. Freedom, freedom, and also I want I want everybody here in the next month. I think Mumia's birthday is coming up in March. It's March, yeah. If, yeah, if you're not familiar with Mumia Abu Jamal, first off, shame on you. Uh, second of all, run out and you can listen to all of the interviews and backstory on Prison Radio. He also has a new show that he's doing with uh, Mark Lamont Hill. Uh, I think it's The Professor and The Prisoner, something along those lines that you can find on YouTube. But what we're facing with Mumia behind the scenes is that he is again facing severe medical neglect uh, where his health is currently failing. And many of my comrades are taking the position and stance that his medical neglect is another assassination attempt on Mumia Abu-Jamal. So guys, free them all, pay attention to what's happening, look out, read, research, get involved, all the things. No doubt. Um, I'm going to give you guys a twofer. We can quickly run through the second one, but the first one is one that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I recently saw a trailer for a TV show that's going to be coming up on uh, Disney Plus called Iwaju. Basically, in the, the rough translation, the literal translation for Iwaju is basically front-facing. This is an animated cartoon that's got several episodes to it that's going to show up on Disney Plus soon. If you had told the eight-year-old chubby African kid born in Lagos that I would see something like this on TV in some capacity at that time, I would have called you a goddamn liar. Hmm. So What's being able to see this, huh? What, how does this help you? How does this benefit you? How does this benefit <laughs> young people who are seeing this for the first time? What does it, it do benefits? Well, I will say it's a cathartic moment for me because growing up as a, a young, like I told you before, and I mm. think we had this conversation last week, 
there was only a few of us Africans here in the eighties like that. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. And, that many, and yeah. if you were an African, you were automatically, I mean, I'm still looking for this elusive African booty scratcher that seemed to mess up all of our names when I was a kid. Yeah. That's not even funny, but go ahead. The, I understand. The, the accept, the acceptance of African people in this country, especially when I was a kid, it seemed like it was such a far stretch that we would never have any type of acceptance for African people. Talk less of Nigerian people, which, which are, which is the number two most populous, the number of people of African descent here mm -hmm. in the United States behind, I think, Ethiopians. Right. I am so excited about the, the opportunity for young Africans to see this. But on the other side, I want everybody to be also be aware that all these companies are doing is tapping into a new market. It is. It is. Because let's not forget, there's a whole host of white ex and, executives that are searching and, for this damn Afrobeats. What's the next um, big Afrobeat person? And let, let's not forget that just because they're doing this now does not indicate any sign of commitment. Okay? Facts. This is not about, this is not a new initiative. This is a yeah. test. This is a marketing mm -hmm. test, which is nice. I mean, which is nice which on is the surface. Nice on sure. the surface, but guess mm -hmm. what? You, your whole family, your fan, and your friends, get all get invested. You love it, and you're mm -hmm. like, we all love it. Next year, oh, it's got canceled because of. What do you mean cancel? We we love it. <laughs> what do you mean cancel? We love it. That's mm -hmm. that's 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 the drawback to all this streaming shit. Like, they, they, we don't mean to be a downer on it too, but I just want to make sure that I've already been through this where I've been yeah, invested in clearly picture. black property, and they just yeah, throw guys. it away. Thank you yeah, guys no. for kicking me in my nuts while I was trying to enjoy and be no. happy about Because on Disney Plus, there's a number of African-centered short stories True. that are True. dope, like yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. But again, I think while it's exciting for us to get it, you know, to see these things taking place on the screen, the flip side also is to remember there's they're not doing this just because they want to provide something for a certain segment of people. They're providing this mm -hmm. service largely because they can they can exploit it. They can use it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's commercial. Either way, I'm either way, I'm still relatively excited about and you should watch. Kids, you might see somebody my, who my kids to watch it. Yeah, the same complexion as you doing some, you know. I want my kids to watch it. I want us to be able to, you know, you to should. enjoy it. I still want to see the the yeah. Franklin the, the Peanuts Franklin joint on Apple TV Plus. An exclusive no, around no, you know, you know, they the on Apple TV uh, they did a uh, special well did a, a special uh, peanuts uh, sh uh, show on Franklin's story. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, Franklin, I need to check that out. How how he moved to where he came because apparently I, I remember hearing that he was a military kid, a military brat, and his family settled in you know Charlie Brown's neighborhood, and his first friend was Charlie Brown. Fascinating, and, and it's. It's in. Oh, they did a little remix to the Thanksgiving thing. I'm gonna have to check that out. I'll check, that, check out. that out. Yeah. It's got me a little more, got me a little emotional. So. This the second joint that I have for me, and this is just to ask you guys where your head's at. Uh, recently on social media, it popped up that there was a man who was cheating on his wife. Right, mm -hmm. took her to an Airbnb, and after going through this, after cheating with his wife and leaving the Airbnb. He leaves a bad review for the Airbnb. The owner of the Airbnb now exposes him, sends videos and some more shit to the wife saying, hey, your man's was over here. <laughs> your man's was over here. And this lady, she don't look like you. So oh I just want God. you to know. 
Now, for me personally, outside of the fact that old boy fucked up cheating on his wife, I don't think that we can understate that or neglect that. That's some foul. I would never. I would never trust this fucking Airbnb to do business there and for forever. That's not It's not even. It's my guy. My guy. Listen, there's a there's there's a level of trust that you need to that every business owner has to have with their customer base. If I can't trust you to not send video to people like my personal my personal shit. Okay, let's say you leave your your medication behind. Oh, you know that this medication's for AIDS. You go on social media. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, this homeboy's got X, Y, and Z. God forbid you leave your social security number or your credit card numbers behind or something. Can you trust them? But I, I think it's, 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 a, it's indicative of a larger issue within society that if you hurt my feelings, now I got to find out a way to decapitate you. you. I got to burn it like down. I, I just, yeah, I can't, I got to, I can't find an equal way of harming you. I literally have to take your head off and ruin you. And then I feel justified in that. And hold on. I can't, as a business owner, you're going to, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to satisfy everybody, bro. No. Some of these joints, you just got to take on the chin and keep it moving. Take it on the chin and call it a thing. Or just say, okay, you know, because because to be 100% funky, the service you provided him has nothing to do with what he did. You could have no. easily fucked up. You could have easily provided poor service. Yes. So this is what you're going to this is what you're going to do to anybody that leaves a bad review for you on Yelp. My God, I don't. I don't. And we hey. talked about this recently, where we saw the number of people who were pulling out their firearms in situations that didn't require them yeah. to pull out their firearms and taking it to the next level. I think that's what we're seeing in life in general, and it largely stems from an inability to be able to emotionally regulate and our piss poor ability to deal with conflict. Like, we really out here believing that because you hurt my feelings, I need to ruin your whole life. I need to destroy your marriage, have your kids in therapy, all because I said that the sheets on your Airbnb had a couple stains on washed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's it, my man. What? Man, just wash the sheets, my guy. Be like, yo, man, my bad. Just keep it, keep it moving. Next time, make sure have, have, have the house. Just some dark colored sheets that don't show the stains. I mean, if you my need guy. Some, if you my need guy. some, just, just send me a link, and I got some for you. And I can help you out. <laughs> How can you, brother? Elgin, tell these people where they can find you. They want to find you, man. Uh, at Elgin Bailey, man, everywhere. Uh, no doubt. Yeah, no come doubt. through. <laughs> Crush, what about you, man? Where can they find you? Man, they can find me on Instagram as usual at the Orange Crush with a K and SP Methods. No doubt. And I'm Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore In the Black. And I want to thank you guys once again for joining us for another incredible episode of In the Black Podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick with us on a Sunday morning, man. We appreciate it. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Make sure that you come on over to our Patreon. As I say all the time, I know you will not regret it. But as always, until next time, informed, intelligent, in the, in, the in the black. In the black. Peace. Peace.